Hi folks, and welcome to Elevate Your Game, a podcast where we take a deep dive into how to successfully bag game for the table and make it delicious. We'll explore hunting techniques, tools and equipment to increase your field success, and the utensils and culinary techniques that make wild protein delectable. My name is Tim Fowler, and I'm a Canadian journalist, chef, hunter, fisherman, and wild game cook. We'll talk with relevant experts, review gear that will help you achieve your goals, and provide game preparation details that will deliver memorable meals. Direct message me your questions on Instagram at Timothy D. Fowler, and while you're at it, give me a follow. Or you can email me your culinary questions at tim at birchcanoe.ca. Whatever your favorite wild protein, together we will elevate your game. Hi folks, and welcome to Elevate Your Game. Today we're talking with Charles Rochelle, owner of Elements Adventure Adventure Company in British Columbia. He does a couple of things. He does a paddling school. He's the largest whitewater canoe paddling instructor company in Western Canada, and they operate spring and fall. And then in the summertime, he's got a guiding business. It does river trips on whitewater. And he's talking today about how to elevate our paddling game. Charles, welcome to Elevate Your Game. Tell us a little bit about your path that you walked to where you are now and uh, share with listeners a little bit about what you do. Well, thanks very much, Tim, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'd love to uh, to share a bit about how I came to, to be running this business. And I guess it all started with uh, my first whitewater canoe trip in the Yukon that I did many years ago. And I felt like I, I discovered kind of like a dirty little secret that no one else knew, except for the, the really the big adventurers and explorers. I realized that in order to, to do a really big adventure, let's say one that's like a month long, you're actually only com- completing a series of day-long adventures 30 times. And I just felt like this was an amazing secret that I wanted to share with people that you can get far into the wilderness and do amazing trips with your friends and family and establish these amazing connections with people. Uh, and anyone really can do it. It's not actually that hard. Sure, it takes some skills, but if you have the skills to be gone for a weekend, you have them to be gone for a month. That's where, kind of where I started in the Yukon doing, doing trips and working for the National Outdoor Leadership School for a while and also taking some training with the Madawaska Canoe Center in Ontario and then started my own business running whitewater canoeing courses and trips. So when you, we chatted uh, just a few minutes ago and you were talking about whitewater and when, when people hear, when general public hears whitewater, they immediately go to rafting. We have this image on travel brochures of half a dozen people in a raft in the middle of whitewater. What's the difference between that and whitewater in a canoe? Yeah, I struggle with that a bit. Sometimes, you know, I'll have some tourists come to town and they see, oh, whitewater canoeing, you know, I want to sign up my whole family. Let's go. And they have this image of that. They're just going to get handed a paddle, a life jacket, and a helmet, and they can just do it. But as opposed to a raft, in a canoe, you actually, you're the master of your own craft. You're the one that has to avoid 
the uh, the log jams and and the holes and the rocks in the river. There's no guides telling you what strokes to do. There's a lot of skill involved, and there's kind of a bit of an audacity to it too, just to take a craft that's basically just an open shell, just waiting for like a bowl, waiting for water to fill it, and you're going to try and take that through a rapid. Um, it's an incredible challenge to do and so satisfying when you're good at it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, it's asking for a swim, in my opinion. And swimming is really part of it. If you're going to paddle an open canoe in white water, you're going to swim at some point. Well, and it's worth, it's worth pointing out that you run the largest paddling school. So you're teaching how you're teaching people how to paddle a canoe. It's not just, yeah, we do trips. It's like, no, no, we'll teach you how to do this and, and help you um, take on the skill required to maneuver in whitewater. That's neat. For sure. And it all starts in flat water on the lake and then progressing. I have this romantic notion um, of canoes and it, it goes back to how Canada was discovered and populated and it was by canoe um river rivers were the main um way to travel and those guys who hand built those big voyager canoes out of birch bark those guys were paddling upstream in white water and that gets me a lot of respect but it's this romantic notion of that's a couple hundred years ago and now we have kevlar and some other really interesting sort of high-tech materials to to manufacture canoes out of but it's the same kind of a deal what's that and helmets and, and helmets. helmets yeah <laughs> and, the, and the one thing that always gets me too is that these guys did this without you know a, an inreach device or a spot beacon no. No. you know they were really the, the stakes were high what they were doing it's astounding and then they would fill it full of furs and then go back down like Oh my yeah. goodness. So it's, it's a, anyways, it's a, it's an interesting uh, bit of Canadian history, I think. And I know you're not paddling history, but we do have that history of canoes and I think it's really interesting. So yeah. um, what is a, what is a, what is a paddling school day look like? And then what does a summer guided day trip look like? From a customer's perspective, and where where are you? Remind remind me where so you are. We're based in Vernon, British Columbia. Okay, and we run most of our our courses on the Shuswap rivers. There's actually three of them, but we tend to uh, use most of the river sections on the Lower Shuswap River and the Middle Shuswap River near Enderby or Lumbee. And a usual course would look like when people, they arrive here on the Friday night before a course and we meet up for, uh, we call it a dryland theory session and go over a bunch of things like knots and safety and learning about river levels, learning how to outfit your canoe, getting people suited up with rental gear if they need it. And then on the Saturday and Sunday, uh, there's full, two full days on the water. So of course, starts with safety talks and each morning and depending on what level it is, you know, we really need to start at the basics and teaching people how to adapt their strokes from the lake environment for the river environment, learning about hazards on the river, 
and then learning how to cross currents, how to, we call it eddy out, how to take your boat off into the side of the river to a calm spot. And a lot about also self-rescue. Like, how, what are you going to do if you tip? How are you going to get your boat to shore? How would you rescue someone else's boat? What are the, the downstream hazards you need to be aware of? And how to swim? So an old saying is, uh, don't paddle what you, what you don't think you would swim. I think I, I have a picture of me in the front of a canoe, actually, in front of your, one of your canoes. It's from a few years ago. But uh, we did do a bit of a whitewater river trip, which was kind of fun. So. Yeah. And then, and then the guiding, the guided. Yeah, trip, there's, how does that there's look? There's two, two types of trips. We, uh, we have our longer extended wilderness trips. For example, on, on the upper Stikine river, we, we do a, a two and a half week expedition where we fly a good 45 minutes into the back country in a small float plane with the canoes strapped to the pontoons. That's uh, a cowboy way to go, but it's pretty awesome to see. And then, then paddle for two weeks back to civilization. Uh, as you might have heard, the Stikine River is very famous. It's one of uh, Canada's top 10 whitewater canoeing rivers. Very scenic. The Serengeti of the north, they say. Uh, yeah, so those new trips like that, as well as on the Kootenai River. And then we also do a series of trips called Four Rivers in Four Days. It's kind of like a paddling road trip where we choose the rivers in southern British Columbia that have the, the best white water at that time of year. Because river levels as you change all the time. So we pick four rivers that have the best white water and then go on a road trip and paddle those four rivers or sections of them in four days. And those trips um, are really meant to just introduce people to all the amazing rivers we have here in BC and just to get mileage because we often have people coming off the courses. They've learned all these things, but they just need more time in whitewater. And so they can participate in one of those trips and really get comfortable in, you know, a big volume river like the Thompson or go play in more like a Creek style river, like the Tulameen river. And that's kind of a natural progression is where people go from courses to a four rivers in four days and then graduate to an expedition like the river or the upper Stikini. It's just, um, it's a special experience. Let's put it that way. If you're that far away from town and people on the river, in the wilderness, you're just have access to a collection of experiences <coughs> that are not that easy to access. How's that? Yeah. Um, and you were rewarding when you can actually take all those skills that you've learned and skills also with your partner to then be on a, on a wilderness expedition is so much more rewarding rather than on a raft where you just can kind of walk in the door, get your paddle in hand and off you go. Yeah. It's sort of a, I don't know. I don't know if you can say it's a dance or not, but you've, you've got to have a synergy and coordination with the person in your canoe. You got to be on the same team. You got to be coordinated. You got to have one person in charge and the other one following. And there's a whole collection of behaviors that are critical to a successful paddle. And it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how, once you get in the canoe with your paddling partner, how that relationship progresses. Yeah. And there's a lot of trust too involved. Yeah. yeah. A lot of trust. Yeah. So, so you were telling me that this year, this last year, 
you you partnered with someone to bring that partnership to a next level and uh and you offered some special courses that combined navigating life's white water in uh in relationships and paddling on the river so tell listeners about that what how did how did that uh how did it come about what came about and then what was your experience this last year yeah so it all started with uh a, a marriage counselor from Kelowna, BC, by the name of Henry Sawatsky, who co-founded the Okanagan Relationship Wellness Center. And Henry started taking canoe, canoeing courses with my company about five or six years ago now. And did a lot of courses and a lot of trips. And we got to know each other, of course, very well. And we did the Upper Stikine River Expedition together. So you know, two weeks in the bush. Together, you know, we got to really know each other and I got to learn about his skills as a marriage counselor and just his ability to listen to people so well and, and, and gently show them opportunities for growth. And it wasn't until we started running guided trips on the Kootenai River that we realized we kind of have all the ingredients to, to create a trip that's specifically for couples I could do a canoe trip together and at the same time weave in to the fabric of the trip, weave in a couple's workshop. Henry already runs, he's been, he's been working with couples for over 30 years and he's been running uh, couples workshops called Hold Me Tight, which are based on, on a book called Hold Me, Hold Me Tight. It's a, like a, a world-renowned Couples workshop that's run, you know, either in person or on Zoom, um, commonly. But what we did with that same content was to have Henry deliver that on a canoe trip. So mostly what that looks like is during the day we're paddling rapids and breaking camp and setting up camp and all that stuff. And in the evenings, um, while the guides are preparing meals and after dinner, the couples are then in session. Uh, sometimes as a group, and then also breaking off into their own into couples. And um, Henry and an assistant then visit each couple to support each other. The seven conversations of the whole workshop. It's very interesting to me because two two things happen simultaneously when you get in a canoe. First of all, the canoe demands your attention. Pay attention or get wet. Simple as that. Part two is, is when you're in the wilderness, all the distractions go away, the car payment and the, I don't know what, everything. So to set up the background of a couple's counseling session, those two things come together in a beautiful simultaneous sort of timing. There's nothing, there's nothing else on the agenda. You've had a great day on the river paddling. Now we're going to talk about our relationship and the whole, the whole uh, extraneous collection of stuff is washed away. What did you, what did you see relative to that in the, in the progression of, was it a week? Yeah, it's a full week. So what did, what did you see in the progression of the week sort of from start to finish? I mean, from what I see is in a way from the outside in the sense that you know, I helped go that trip, but my job was really to, to provide the container. 
you know, the, the safety, uh, the communication on the river and the food and camp set up locations. And that was, that was my job. And Henry's job was really to work with the couples and his assistant. From, from what I can, can see from the outside, I mean, we, got, we had some amazing testimonials come back from that trip. It was our first time last year that we ran it. And I, what I got to see was some particular moments where couples were, you know, trying to navigate a, a rapid together and getting into their, their usual sort of gridlock about something which is probably, you know, just a microcosm of what happens in all these other parts of the relationship. But in that moment, they're able to then, like, in a sense, like in class, like put up your hand and say, just help, like I need support. Normally, we'd have to fight this out on our own. But we have this couples counselor right here that's been helping us work these conversations. Let's bring him in. How can we navigate this situation that we're dealing with on the river with, in real time with support? And that was, that was really cool. It was quite moving to the couples as well as, uh, Henry as well. I remember him speaking about it, but it was really lit him up too to see that he could help a couple through the usual, um, dead spot in their relationship. I just had a sweet metaphor pop in my head, which probably you're living already. Um, it's paddling school for life's rivers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the metaphors go on and on, but yeah. Isn't that and great? The, the That's awesome. Rivers, dude, the rivers, they, they just keep moving. They're always moving. You just can't shut them off. It's a bit yeah. like that with life. Like, yeah. You can sort of get off the river and stop, but it still keeps going. And so you, you have that real challenge in whitewater or on a river that you, you've got to sort this out to keep moving. Somebody told me, and it might have been you too, you never go in the river at the same place. You can never, you can never enter the river the same place twice, ever. Right. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I wanted to say a little bit more just about, you know, this this dance that happens between two people in a canoe, which really relates to the broader vision of your life as a couple, is that when, when you're in a canoe, if you imagine two people that, you know, we're just starting out paddling together. Usually the, the one in, in the stern, in the back, that uh, decides they're the boss for some reason and they shout out all the orders. And they're, you know, they're trying to navigate a rapid and you hear all these, these commands like, forward, forward stroke, no back, no, 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 draw, no pry. They're, they're screaming all these commands at their partner and they're commands of exactly what stroke to do. And then fast forward like a year or two later when they have some experience, you'll hear a totally different thing. They'll say things like, uh, let's paddle up to the top of this eddy and we'll peel out into the current. Or see the rock up ahead, let's go left of that. And the difference there is they're, they're using communication in order to communicate the broader goal of what they want to do rather than the exact stroke. And that takes some skill and mostly it takes a lot of trust because you, when you say, let's go left of that rock, you need to trust that your partner knows what to do, what stroke to do to get there. When you're beginning out, beginning canoeing together, you're usually telling them what stroke to do and you don't even mention the rock. So I think that's a, a really great way to look at it in terms of what we're up to on these couples adventure retreats is we're, we're trying to get people 
to talk about the, the overall goal rather than micromanaging each other's strokes. Charles, there are stacks of beautiful metaphors there. Yeah, <laughs> certainly. I want to just mention about the Kootenai River itself. But it's not every canoe trip that you could do a couple's uh, workshop on. You know, you need to have some reasonably good weather. There can't be too many bugs. It can't be freezing colds. You need to have some good food. You know, if, if you're just struggling to survive out there anyway, and then to put in the challenge of some harder conversations, maybe, uh, that would be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so enough. I think it's really quite a special thing to be able to use the river, like the Kootenai River in southern BC, where it's warmer and less buggy. And we do it at a time of year when paddling is a little easier. Less, it's, it's still a lot warmer. Who's it for? It's for anyone in, in a, in, of any stage of relationship with another human being. Nice. So same sex or hetero couples are, are welcomed. And yeah, you can be a, a couple that's been, we had on that trip last year, we had couples that were in their late thirties and, you know, you know, kind of before having kids and really wanting to uh, solidify their, their bond. And we also had uh, couples that were married for many, many years in their in their sixties. So, yeah, just wanting to find it, find a new way to relate to each other and create more enjoyment. Um, certainly, the trip isn't for couples that are in uh, in crisis. That would be a idea. And so, there is quite a sense of vetting process that we go through with Henry on the relationship side and with me on the paddling side. I, just, I witnessed a lot of playfulness among the couples. You know, they were a serious, intense time where they had, had their conversations. And then there, it was like a release after. And, you know, we put on our bathing suits and life jackets and go swim across the river and, uh, and go do some cliff jumping. And it was, it was really playful. Sounds like fun. Sounds like serious fun. Yeah. Cool. Um. <clears throat> So coming up for 2022 season, what's uh, what do you want listeners to to know about and stuff that's open that they can still get into? Well, uh, we still have some spots on the couples adventure retreats happening in August on the Kootenai River. Uh, we also have an Upper Stikine trip in northern BC with some spots left. Um, our unfortunately, well, fortunately, and unfortunately, our our paddling schools mostly up, as awesome. well as our trips but we still have one four rivers in four days trip good yeah, good for you to know like yeah we, we've been doing this now for this is our ninth ninth year doing this it's our second year running the couple's adventure retreats and uh, yeah we've, we've got these trips dialed pretty good and of course the, the unknowns are what make it a great adventure sure. what are the rivers like this year you know how many trees are going to be in the river what's what are the yeah. levels going to be like yeah. the sweepers the sweepers i remember i remember uh that sticks in my head from the from the pre-paddling uh instruction that you gave about the sweepers it's like man you know heads up um yeah. anyway, it, so it's it i mean i don't know i don't know how long ago that was a few years ago but that sticks in my head cool yeah the sweepers and strainers yeah We'll put um, we'll put the websites and connection stuff in the show notes so people can can link to you to elements 
adventure company, but also to to uh, Sawatsky's deal, so that listeners have a chance to to chase down either of those opportunities. Um, what do you want listeners to know? I would say, broadly speaking, to travel on a river by canoe is a profound experience. It's really different than a lot of other adventure sports or, or tourism activities. It takes a lot of skill and time, and the re rewards are pretty amazing. It's, it's about a connection with with the earth, with water, where it flows. It's a connection with the, the people that you're with traveling, and ultimately, it's a connection back to yourself. You know, our our slogan for our company is "Move, Learn, and Transform." People sometimes ask me about the whole transform bit, and Really, I, I talk, I, that comes from what I learned doing my own canoe trips with family and friends and being, being out in the wilderness for a lot longer lengths of time. It really creates a transformation in, in all human beings. You can't help it. There's a difference between going out for a weekend. You can kind of, when you're out for a weekend, you, you think, I just kind of get through this. I just got to get through this and then I'll be back to my regular life. But if you go on a trip for more than a week, your brain has a different process. It kind of goes, oh, this is my life for a while now. This is, this is it. I'm not going back to something. This is my life. And so there's a different settling and a different challenge that you have to go through to really accept some of the uncomfortable parts. Maybe it's mosquitoes or bad weather. But that, uh, it provides some really special opportunities for growth and, transformation it changes it changes you it's a life-changing experience and part of it is confidence it takes a tremendous amount of skill to navigate white water in a canoe and to take those skills on to be able to do that successfully is a conf confidence building exercise that you take with you and then in addition to that, it's the, there's a physicality. I don't even know if that's the right word, but there's a physicality of sitting in a canoe and how that feels on the water and how it, it tips and rolls in the white water and how it responds to your paddle and your partner's paddle and all of those things together. It's a very physical experience. It's an emotional experience too, but it's a very physical thing. I mean, yeah, you can, you can teach all the strokes and all the maneuvers. And in the end, you also just really need to feel it. When you say it's physical, it really is. There's, there's so much you need to just feel. Yeah. It's a neat thing to feel. And the, and, and the, the bottom of the canoe, when you, when you, I forget what the technical term is, but when you tuck into an eddy, when you're going to extract, right? The bottom of the canoe hits gravel or sand and you can feel that. That, that comes right through your seat and it's like, okay, now we're back on land. <laughs> it's a very, yeah. it's a very, when you break it down, it's a very interesting thing that comes right inside of you. Anyways, <laughs> I'm excited about canoeing. I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, you know, I, I should also really talk a bit about fun. I think, you know, we talk about these challenges and personal growth and also it's just really dang fun especially if you find a nice big surf wave 
on the, in the middle of the river and you manage to point your canoe upstream and nose wow. it onto that cave and have it stick there in the middle of the current with the water rushing past you. It's, it's an incredible feeling. Sweet. That's sweet. I have not done that. I have that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I sometimes, sometimes I get a little, uh, for rivers trip, I'm just hunting for surfers the whole day because <laughs> it's awesome. And to see a, to see a couple in their canoe get on the surfway for the first time, it's like their their brains can't even really understand how how are they standing still in the middle of a river. Cool. What would you leave listeners with? Maybe the challenge to come and try paddling a canoe on a river. Uh, there's really nothing like it. <laughs> And uh, depending on where you live, it can be challenging to find the, the right places to do that. But um, yeah, find a, a good paddling school to get you started in a community that will support you through it. There are many whitewater paddling clubs across the country. Um, yeah, get that support and, and give it a go. It's Sweet. It's also worth just to zoom out just a little bit. Vernon is in a beautiful place in the world. And in the summertime, there are, depending on which week, fresh cherries, peaches, pears, apples, produce, farmer's markets, vineyards. Like there is, if you want to take a holiday in that area, and and uh, build a vacation around a paddling school or a, a river trip, uh, an Airbnb or a VRBO in the neighborhood is a pretty luxurious way to see part of Canada. We've done that several years in a row, and we just love it. It's a great part of the world to be. So that's worth considering. Absolutely. We have, we have a lot of clients that come to town just for paddling school and then yeah, realize we're here in an amazing tourist uh, area to see so many things. People that are interested in food, wine, culture. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing area to do it. Awesome. Charles, thank you for joining us. Thank you for helping us elevate our game. Thanks so much for having me, Tim, and giving me this opportunity to speak about uh, what we do. Thank you. It is a distinct pleasure. <laughs>